0: Hello and thank you for tuning in to episode 52 of You Play A What. I hope all of you are well. This episode is going to be the second part of my conversation with Adrian Chung. I'm not going to reintroduce him again, but if you want to know more about him, go ahead and listen back to episode 51. So in this second part of the conversation, we spoke about Adrian's leadership roles that he assumed in 2017 as president of NECA and BDAS, the differences that these two groups are seeking to create, the questions around pricing when it comes to job opportunities for band directors, the impact these leadership roles have had on him on a personal level, his long-standing relationship with the Philharmonic Winds and the Philharmonic Youth, the conception of Asian Cultural Symphony Orchestra, and how he chose to invest his time and energy. Enough from me now. Please enjoy this episode of You Play A What? with Adrian.
1: And after that my second full-time job was in SSO So during SSO times you know you get a different conductor every week mm. and that was when you can see different conductors in action also and and learning what what what, what they do behind the scenes also because um, how they plan for a concert you know how they what did what they request for the kind of decisions they make prior to that first rehearsal because I was in touch with them you know so whatever request they would need they would have to go through me and now I will execute it out for them mm. so that was I think that was good also because that was good training for me as well because um you got to you get to go behind the scenes to see what what uh, what what conductors do before that first rehearsal I mean besides score study of course la. right <laughs> yeah it's not just about score study it's not just about knowing the score it's about uh, it's about putting the conditions preparing for the conditions that would make the rehearsal work, yeah mm. and also how going from one rehearsal to another rehearsal, what are the things they do what what are the decisions they make to work towards because they only had four rehearsals and in essence, so you know every conductor comes on Tuesday by Friday, they had to put up the show Friday night, mm. you know, so the time was very tight, and I think I got uh this was uh being professional you know starting on time following to the rehearsal order to the tea mm. um all these values got into me um very strongly because it is if if you felt if you felt uh, annoyed staying or staying back extra two minutes after a rehearsal it is definitely exemplified in an in a professional setting. <laughs>
0: mm. Yeah. <laughs> you know I can imagine. People
1: can st- not in SSO, but i I we heard stories about in foreign orchestras, people can stand up and walk off, you know, that kind of thing. Mm. It's part of it's totally in their right, you know, to do so. Yep. It's nothing wrong with that actually. Yeah. Even in SSO, if past five minutes, the conductor still keeps going on. The orchestra management need to do something about it, you know. Yeah, has to you tell know, him. Go on stage and yeah. the tell the conductor we got to stop down you know, mm. or it's the break time now. You must have the break time now, yeah. or or if you know if you are changing of pieces, it affects different players coming up and down. Different mm. people have to go, people have to come in, people are waiting behind the back, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So you got to you got to go into every rehearsal with a very structured mind of what you want to do, how long each, how long you want to give each part of your rehearsal process to mm. so I think this was very good uh, in a way training for myself as a conductor because uh, I would I would run my rehearsals in a similar fashion as well you know I don't penalize people I I will start with whoever is there if people are late you know and of course we make late coming a big thing mm. and <clears throat> so we reinforce the the values of punctuality and then the values of not wasting time as well, because I can't if I go into the rehearsal in December thinking that my SYF is in April. <laughs> um, yeah, I have three months to work on this piece. You mm. know, technically speaking, I can yeah, just it take slow it easy, and easy, take it easy
0: until the last yeah. month,
1: right? But yeah, but um, no, we have to act like we have to rehearse it. Like tomorrow's the re- performance, mm. and we got to do whatever we can today to yeah. make it better. Mm. Yeah, of course. I I mean. I'm exaggerating a little bit. I mean, of course, you know, you still have three months <laughs> Yeah, and there's only so much you can do in a rehearsal. But I mean, you cannot waste time. Yes, I, I, I think one of the most important thing is, you know, people are there for you. I always, you know, they're not, they, they can be, they can be doing many other things. Especially in a community such situation. Mm. You know, like when I, when I conduct a few youth and few wins, uh, you know, people, people don't have to be there even for my poly groups, my uni groups, they don't have to be there. These are all youngsters. They all have, they all have, I think, I think play a computer game also sometimes more fun than <laughs> the band rehearsal. You know what I mean? Right. You got to make your rehearsal count. You got to yeah. make your rehearsal worth it. Provide you some value, make, right? Correct. Yeah. Otherwise, they spend time to travel to your rehearsal, play, sit down there for two, three hours, and then after that, go home, go home late, and then maybe haven't had dinner yet. You know that kind of thing? Mm. It's a lot of opportunity costs. Yeah. I mean, as musicians, we hate it whenever we go for a fruitless rehearsal. Mm. So. It's like, damn it, all the waste of time, you know, yeah, that kind of thing. So, sure. even with secondary school uh, students, I think it's important that we understand that, or even primary school kids, I mean, okay, primary school kids, maybe a bit no choice there. They're more enforced, you know, they kind of think mm. uh, that they have to be there at certain times by their teachers. Secondary school to a certain level, yes, as well, but um, but definitely... Uh, they are, they can be they can choose they have a stronger rebellious they can rebel mm. against you. They sort of have a mind of their own and, and things like that. Yeah, correct. So, to so you got to make sure that you know in whatever time you spend with them, every minute's got to be running. Uh. Mm. You can't slow jog. Uh. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Don't Definitely. have to sprint, but at least you must run. Uh. Mm.
0: <laughs> yeah. Now let's uh, go to. 2017, right? This is a, a huge year for you. 2017, really? I, I think so, from, from my research. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, it's uh, regarding you taking on leadership roles in the two organizations I mentioned right at the introduction, uh, which is Nika and BDAS. Was it in 17? I think so, at least yeah. at least from my, my research from, okay. from, from LinkedIn. <laughs> it was 2017. Oh my God. Yeah. So, it, it's been a while, right? It's been a couple of years. And I think the the decision for you to... Take on these roles. Uh, taking on leadership roles is always. Uh, it might look prestigious on the outside, but it actually takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of courage to step forward and put yourself in this position to to lead a community. And because we are not talking about a leader within a small group now, we are talking about being a leader for a, a large community. Mm. You know, one of it is the band directors. One of it is you know coaches and instructors. So we we'll start with Nika first. How did you end up with this position as president of Nika?
1: I think I was president of BDAS, Band Directors Association, first before Nika. Okay. So, um, because I was president of Band Directors, when you are in such positions, sometimes it's, it is very tough because... There's, there's really no prestige to it <laughs> <laughs> i mean you it sounds very nice but there's really no prestige to it because why you are there to you 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 have to serve mm. the needs of people yeah you know people people have uh concerns and and your job is there to help these people mm. so it's not so much about a title it doesn't matter who you are but at that point in time, uh, I mean, because when we were having meetings in in during Band Directors Association, we realized that there was only so much that Band Directors Association can do because it's a private association by itself. Mm. We only had a network of hundred people. We are just one CCA out of many CCAs. Yeah, so we couldn't affect or influence policies that that hurt. Or that affected us, mm. you know, we couldn't, we couldn't. There was no way that we could have a voice in anything. Yeah. So when Nika was being formed uh, at that time, so they looked for representatives of different CCAs. Uh, so me and Brando decided mm. to join them as well, and I mean, we we joined in for the T. Makan. No, no, there was no Makan, sorry. It mm. was just chit chat sessions. Now. Right. Uh to and then we express our views. And so eventually it kind of got to we kind of we kind of or rather NTUC, NTUC at the time was forming this group of people. So they basically picked representatives from different uh fields or CCAs to come together. Mm. Because we all had the same problems. We all had the same issues that we're dealing with, you know, contractual issues. There were the many um um not very I would say maybe not very balanced um mm. views on that on the contract contracts that we we're given. Right. Um
0: so the power dynamic is a little bit off in a way. Correct.
1: Right? Because yeah. because MOE is such a giant. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. it is a giant. And not to say that they're bad, uh, mm-hmm. but I mean, we're thankful that, you know, they are, they are, they are supporting this industry as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, we need to see, we need to make sure that on the ground level, uh, many of our colleagues are, uh, they may receive the wrong interpretation of things sometimes. Right. Yeah. As as message trickles down. Okay. And then because sometimes, because if they don't know how to seek redress, mm. <laughs> is the word redress? <laughs> seek redress, you know, that kind of thing. And they they, they just suffer in silence mm. when maybe it was not the original intention of MOE to be like that. Right. But sometimes through different messengers, you know, mm. things trickle down the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. So we just needed an in-between authority to help correct things right sometimes it might be just like that you know mm. it, it was not the intention of moe to for certain things headquarters to 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 mean certain things but then it's just sometimes on the ground it might be reinterpreted i mean a I'm different sure way. yeah broken telephone you know whatever yeah,
0: for sure yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah so and sometimes because uh messages coming down might not be too specific to a school situation it, it has to be general because every school is run somewhat differently. differently. The yeah. culture is different. Mm. The, the, the people that you deal with is different. And it takes two hands to clap, basically. Mm. So sometimes it might be a reaction to the existing instructor also. It might not be always the school's fault. Sometimes it might be the instructor's issue mm. as well. Then this is where Nika comes in to help also analyze and be fair, be a fair party, mm. you know, to tell the instructor, mm, maybe you shouldn't have done this, you know, maybe you can do this the right way. And that's why Nika is also coming together to um, put together a set of professional standards and ethics mm. that we hope that our members can abide and follow by, you know, what should you do to be professional, you know, otherwise you're just...
0: In a way, you're just stabbing yourself. If you yeah, do you're you know, opening yourself up to a lot of uh, vulnerability. You know, Correct, mean. right? Yeah.
1: So, because the and the worst thing about being a freelancer in a CCA is that you're usually alone. You're working usually alone, and yes. you don't have colleagues to talk to. You don't have uh, you don't you don't necessarily always have opinions. Mm. You know, or you don't have uh you may not even have a mentor figure, you yeah. may not have a senior person to go to. You may be afraid to bother that person. You know that kind of thing. Yeah. So having this um this is this association is uh I think it's important uh, because um for the to sustain our jobs long term. I mean we've been making slow slow progress. I mean it's not so easy to 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 change the major policy so quickly. But I think I think in terms of helping Instructors understand things yeah. and creating the creating the opportunities to voice our concerns, uh, to certain uh, ministers or to to even MoE HQ voice certain concerns and to have our opinions on policies.
0: At least we at least we can see that
1: um we are being heard now. Mm.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And I think. Uh, you, you put it really well and what it does for me, how I see it, it restores a, a level of dignity to freelancers. Mm. And I think this word is really important because uh, as freelancers, we face a lot of issues both at work and also uh, personally because first of all, being freelancers... Um, there's a stigma, right, that comes with being a freelancer. That means you you can't quite get a full-time job, therefore you are a freelancer. But of course, Mm -hmm. uh, being a freelancer for a number of years and you being a freelancer for uh, a a longer time, we know that that is not true. You know, Mm -hmm. it it doesn't mean that we can't get a full-time job, therefore we become a freelancer. Correct. Yeah, and so general society has this view on freelancers and that's already a little bit disempowering in a way. And then to have uh, in working environments also that is uh, not having the channel to voice out our concerns, uh, mm. being treated as uh, a lesser party Correct. is uh, never a good feeling because if yeah. it feels like your work is not being valued and then if your work is not being valued, then why, why are you here? Then you, mm. know, you, you, you unravel so much more questions.
1: And it's not just with MOE as well. Sometimes, uh, people face issues when they are subcontractors.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, so getting payment is- uh issues from their main contractor. You know all these kind of things. Under mm. a company, you're covered by Employment Act and CPM. You know mm. you have all that guaranteed stuff. But it's uh as a freelancer, we have to learn how to protect ourselves, la. We have mm. to we have to be aware of what we can do, what we can't do, and what we should do. Also,
0: mm. yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I get what you said, like, you know, um, a, a lot of structures are already in place in terms of how we can go about uh, seeking jobs as a freelancer. And some of these things are, are difficult to move, right? And difficult to manipulate, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. uh, I guess if I have a question for you, that would be, do you foresee that we can shift away from being so price-centric in terms of the school's hiring process for like, instructors?
1: I, I believe that the hiring process is never about price. Okay. I am quite sure that schools don't hire just based on price. Mm. Of course, there's naturally, if they like somebody, if they prefer to work with somebody, you know, everyone has a preference. Mm. We should not think that uh, schools would always want the cheapest thing because I think they have said many times also that I mean, even from HQ, that they do not always have to. So that's, I think, that's a misconception mm. that people think that oh, that person bid it lower than me, hence that person is getting the job. You know, mm. it's not true. It's not true. I have won jobs, uh, even when I'm not part of the, uh, even when I'm not an incumbent. <laughs> okay, right. I, in my history, you know, I I have gotten jobs based, and I was not the cheapest. Mm. Yeah. So, we can throw that that myth. Away, okay. That schools do not base such solely on price. If mm. maybe all things equal, Ceteris Paribus, you know, we can <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. economics, <laughs> you're right, you're right.
1: We can then we then they have then they can then they have to compare on price la. Mm. But it's very hard to compare. I mean, it's it's very hard to um to say that how much you are worth because mm. only we ourselves can tell people how much we are worth. Yeah. And if you don't buy my services at this price, correct?
0: Okay, off. Yeah. And also, whether or not the other party perceive your, your services to be at that price, exactly. right? Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So, I, I mean, that's that's really good to know because um, I, I have always had this idea that the, the system is developed for transparency in a way. I just feel like sometimes we are treated as commodity and it's good to, to hear from you that we are not exactly treat that as commodity and that the, they actually yeah. look into the value we bring to each of the schools. Correct.
1: Of course, different schools have um, different budgets as well. Mm. So, so if they only have that budget, if they only can pay X dollars and you cost X plus 10, mm. then they unfortunately have to go with somebody that is only X dollars. Lah. Yeah.
0: You
1: know, that kind of thing. So, mm. in a way, it's, it's it's a it's many factors lah. I mean, yeah. it's not about what they can; it's about what they can afford. So different mm. schools have different budgets, different employers. It's just like when in any employment situation, you know, mm. you may be very good, you may be, but you you come at a price tag.
0: Yeah,
1: and we can't afford you at this point in time. You know, mm. so I'm sorry we have to give it to the cheaper person. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, it's many factors at play. Mm. Fair enough. They don't hire you just to save money, la, Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's good. Good to have that cleared up. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least for for my sake, anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now let's talk about the the Band Directors Association of Singapore. So mm-hmm. uh, since you you took over, there has been a number of new uh, projects, uh, band camps, and things like that that has happened. So let's talk about the latest project that the association has released which is the Singapore Band Solo Virtual Championship Mm. and uh, this sort of competitions are very common especially in countries where they have a rich brass band culture Mm. so uh, for example when I was studying in the UK this this sort of competition was very common fair enough they were not virtual they were live because Mm. it can be conducted live (laughs) uh, back then yes and uh, the the European Brass Band Association also do the same thing. They have a European competition once every two years. Uh, In Australia, they have the same thing. So, uh, why do you think uh, it's a good time uh, for the association to introduce this project?
1: I think this was, in a way, a reaction to the current current environment that we're in. Mm. Because this is, uh, I think this is the only thing we can do at this point in time. Yeah. (laughs) And, I think we still see value in it. I mean, the the team and I, you know, we we discuss what can we do, what can we do. You know, it's we we hope to motivate. We hope to motivate young players also, or musicians, not just young ones, uh, the older ones as well. Mm. You know, to keep playing, to keep playing, because we don't. We we hope that you know they can have a platform to showcase their performance. You know, a platform that they can still have an objective to work towards. Now. You know, a, a producing a little video, mm. you know, so um, that the fruits can be low hanging. You know, you, we don't we don't need you to be superstar to 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 produce a superstar video, but you can just it's just showing everyone that you know, please keep playing, and mm. we're here to help you. We're here to support you. Um, Win playing in Singapore is is. I would say wind playing in Singapore is very hidden. It's still very hidden. You know, people don't don't. It's still not as common, of course, as the piano and violin. Yeah, you know, it's the sector. You know, mm. and and people don't see wind playing as a very common thing. And people because we always practice in our band rooms or only in schools. Yeah, we don't practice. At, we don't practice much at home. Mm. That's what we're trying to encourage as well you know you can practice at home you if you buy the right equipment you buy the right mutes and yeah. and you buy the right curtains <laughs> it's possible yeah and during these times where concerts can't happen you know uh, festivals can't happen we thought hey you know this this might be the best time to launch something like this
0: mm-hmm. so that
1: um so that everyone can still work towards something very meaningful lah. yeah yeah mm-hmm. And this also, in a way, is to is to encourage students to practice. Also, you know, yeah, so that they so that they feel more, they have more meaning in life, and a little yep. bit more meaning in life to work towards and mm. that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. yeah, definitely. And I think, uh, I think it's safe to say it, it's been a year now, right? That mm. we can move on from caving into whatever the the circumstances around us throw at us, right? Because mm-hmm. it's time to perhaps double down on the things that you thought you could have done or you could do mm. uh, out of your regular band practices, out of the ECCAs, Correct. right? It's right. time to, uh, if you have interest in uh, music, you play a wind instrument, it's time to just level up. On your own, correct, right, and take this time to just exactly. kind of double down on, on yeah. your own progress and take exactly. charge of it. Apart from this new virtual competition, uh, the association has also done a number of uh, band camps, uh, like events, In LA, festivals, yeah, festivals yeah. for students. How did this idea of having a a festival? came about did you always see potential in the associate, association being able to do this Um. well when we came together as a team when I took over you know we
1: I think the team and I our main objective was to increase vibrancy of the whole community okay mm-hmm. and that's what we are here to do um, not only um, and what do why do we do that because so that we can so that our band directors have more things to do as well Mm. Right, we want to create so every so it's a whole ecosystem. It's not, it's not just because some people say we're just Band Directors Association, so we should just be doing things for band directors. Exactly, we're doing everything we can to make things exciting for band directors. You know, mm. that's kind of, so, um, and to also help band directors, uh, students, mm. their students, to to be more interested in band, right? And so this would also. You know, trickle down to being more passionate with musicians. You know, being being um, be raising their hands to, to to volunteer for leadership positions and things like that. This is all part of the our growing up. Experiences and memories that you know we all ma- that we all go through as musicians lah, where mm. we d- attend different festivals, we make new friends, we join a euphonium club. <laughs> <laughs> in a way, yeah. You know we you know we're kind of geekish in that sense yes. everyone's got a little geekish kind of yeah, the the nerd inside us yeah. Correct. Yeah. You know? yeah. Hey, we're part of a
0: bassoon What's yeah like <laughs> <it now? laughs> you know that kind of thing
1: exactly because otherwise in school I'm the only bassoonist for example yeah right Mm. or I only have a senior two years older than me (laughs) yeah that kind of stuff yeah so and now they now we give students um uh opportunity to be part of a larger larger uh uh uh, community Mm. uh to to work with and and yeah then then of course and we we know that Singapore is Although we're quite small, but we have a very huge windband scene. Yes, we have. In a way, if if you count all the secondary schools and JCs and primary schools, it's a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> so that was when we first started out. We were thinking, you know, how can we cater to different sectors of the people? Mm. You know, how can we? How can we? How we, can we create meaningful activities for the different sectors of people? And that's when, uh, I'm very thankful that my team is uh, we're all on the same. We're all on a pretty same, much of the same wavelength. That we need to do something. Mm. Yeah, we we should do something to impact more lives, to create more interest, to create more vibrancy in this whole community. Yeah, and that's how these festivals, you know, out
0: were were born. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and. I I think uh, being part of the festival wins for uh, w- when it was happening live for 2 years uh, running uh, the growth in the in these 2 years was incredible like the size of the festival just grew like I I don't have the exact numbers 3 folds yeah. maybe well it was actually no it was the same it, actually no there's it, way more participants the second time round, right? Okay, I can't remember it. <laughs> There must be at least like twice as many people. Maybe, yeah. yes. It, it was it was yes. quite incredible to see the the, the impact that you, that you were talking about because a lot of right. these students, they would come back for a second time. And when they yes. came back for a second time, after they returned... Uh, so let's go... Sorry, let me backtrack a little bit. So after they had the experience the first time, Yes. They most likely went back to their bands, spoke to their friends about their experience there. Or their juniors. Yeah. And then people yes. who are interested then continue to, to join them and sign up for, for the next year. Correct. So definitely there is something there. And Correct. what it offers, I think it, it's great because not, uh, at, at least with the students I work with, not all of them have the chance to work with a tutor. So, mm. uh, as much as the, we, we always wish for more time, right, in, in festivals mm. like that to, to get to know the students a little bit better. Yeah. But at least having this sort of knowledge of, oh, actually, this is how tutorship works. And this mm. is how it can help me in my playing. Mm. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's great. And then, like I said, finding a community and having students find a group of people that they can identify with right? Yeah. These people, yeah. uh, I, I'm not the odd one out now, you know?
1: Yeah, Yeah. yeah. there are people
0: who are <laughs> crazier than me, there are people who are more correct. keen than me, whereas like, yeah. in their own bands, they might feel like, oh, I, I cannot be too keen because people ask me like, you know, hey, why, are you, why are you so odd? Correct, correct, oh, correct. Why are you doing all these things? Or they find a mountain that's higher than them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. They used
1: to be the highest mountain in in their bed, but oh my yes. god, that guy. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, that's correct, correct. Like... <laughs>
0: right. Yeah, with with the the with the amazing chops and, and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what what are some of your your takeaways since assuming this leadership roles? What has it done for you personally? I'm definitely
1: an introvert. I'm definitely um not a. I I like to I, I I'm. I can stay at home the whole day. It's okay. (laughs) I can don't talk to people. I'm fine. Um, Like that as a person. But I feel that um, when I was asked and people thought I could fill the shoes, I said, I I thought to myself, okay, heck, let's just try now. Mm. You know that kind of thing. I I don't know what I was getting myself into. I've right. never done this kind of thing before. I I don't have experience at all. <laughs> and, but I just saw it as my role as a facilitator mm. of uh bringing everyone together, collaborating in good spirit, um, increasing, already uh, spreading the love. You know, spreading our love for band to more people. Mm. That is the ultimate. Uh, motivation, and how, the the main seed that grew into all these things. How can we increase the our how can we let other people know that you know there are actually these bunch of people that are very passionate in band, and we want to tell more people that we are very interested in band, and mm. we hope you can join us in our journey as well. How to make band a more popular um, medium. Of mm. uh, expression, yep. how to make wind instruments, you know, um, as as common as piano and violin. That it's that it's not a, that it's not that people can identify the
0: difference between the oboe and the clarinet. Yeah. They, know, they know what is a euphonium. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we are, we we're we on this journey. We're on this journey. <laughs> yeah. So
1: yeah. so all these it's not just. I mean, okay, la like, Viola players have the same issues. <laughs> Viola joke. Right. Yeah. Uh
0: huh. Viola. That's Viola. Yeah.
1: <laughs> So so I mean, yeah, we just want to we, we just want to tell the world that we are we 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 like what we do. And mm. and also providing the a little sofa for people to sit together, you know, when and chit chat and to and to catch up and to brainstorm for ideas together, how we can make this together. That's what BDA is. I think it's like, ma. Mm. you know, it's the sofa for all the band people to sit down and chit-chat together. There's no there's no rivalry. There's no... There's, there shouldn't be tension. Mm. Um, as I mentioned, I, I think this was in my one of my first few things that I said to everyone also that I know we all compete for jobs in a way we compete but because we are forced to we, are, we have to submit a bid yeah. you know to our jobs and that seems like a competition mm. but I mean it's just a job you know we should not people want to hire they hire who that kind of thing yeah. it's not my friend's problem it's not my friend's problem if if my friend got selected and I didn't get selected, ma. I shouldn't hate my friend for that. Yeah, You know, that kind of thing. We should let we should we should let these things go, you know. It mm. was it's the higher that, that made the decision. We're yeah. all colleagues, you know, mm. in this sense. We're not under the same company, we don't work in the same organization. But we all have that same love for what we do. Yep. And I think that's the most important thing. Mm. True.
0: Uh, yeah, I think you know, at, at the end of the day, when one door shuts, the other opens. Right, So mm, yeah, there are always uh, opportunities out there and uh, we have to put ourselves in the best position to mm. be ready for these opportunities when they come knocking at our door. Right? That's mm. probably the most important thing. Mm. And yeah, I, I mean, time is absolutely flying and uh, I don't want to hold you for, for too long, but I oh. want to just uh, talk about uh, one more particular mm. topic uh, with you. And of course, I know that you are uh, an extremely busy person And as you juggle with work and family, the value of time and your energy increases and how you choose to spend these two resources becomes quite important, I think. Mm. Yeah. And uh, when I talk about you and what the the groups that come to my mind is obviously your long-standing involvement with uh, the Philharmonic Bins and the Philharmonic Youth. And also, uh, in recent years, you started your own orchestra, Asian Cultural Symphony Orchestra. Yeah. And wh- what does these two groups mean to you, and why have you chosen to devote your your resources to these two groups?
1: I was okay. So for a few years, I was in the. I was actually in the starting group, you know. And when they were when they were starting to pull people together. Um for we were used to we used to be called the Friday night band because we rehearsed (laughs) on Friday nights. We didn't know what to call ourselves then. Right. We just we just a bunch of people that came together on Friday nights to play. We liked it and it became few wins. Mm. So I was there from day one and I kind of witnessed the witnessed the growth of few wins all these past few years And then when the opportunity came, um for few youth, um I was uh, asked to. I was asked whether I could lead the group at that time, um, because the previous conductor had left, and so I just took it on. and And I think the good thing about, I think few youth really helped me a lot in that sense, where it gave me the platform to play. It was my playground, <laughs> right? I could do anything I want. Mm. <laughs> I was crazy to program. Thinking back, you know, stupid, stupid programs. Yeah, they,
0: they, I remember there's some pretty intense programs that, that you guys yeah, put up. That that yeah. I would never do again.
1: Or <laughs> <laughs> put yeah. them all on the same concert again, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah
0: and that, that's the stuff. thing, right? It was not like one big headliner piece. It was like every single one of them is pretty big. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, but this is the kind of mm-hmm. stupid rash things that you do when you're young. La. <laughs> so... I, I was glad that I had younger younger more rash headed people f- with me yeah, <laughs> in right. the ex mm. that decided to all, all run together with me on those ideas mm. and good at, good at, I mean good also like, that there were there were learning experiences and it pushed us all past the cliff as well <laughs> <laughs> right but so, but doesn't kill you makes you stronger right correct <laughs> <laughs> So we just yeah. kept pushing, and we we just um over the years we found our identity. Um, uh, we got we got uh we got to we got to a level where where it was always a very democratic uh process in terms of. I mean, initially it was not so democratic, but it it I I mean you you understood you you have to understand that in a community situation to for the longevity of it mm. <laughs> it has best to be a democratic situation yeah <laughs> otherwise you're not gonna last long yeah yeah definitely <laughs> well, the group won't last long you yeah. know they, they will and the the issue with a youth group is that people will definitely come and go mm. they go into ns that's a problem they start they start uni that's a problem they go into a job that's a problem they they they, they you know sustainability and so that you always have to deal with in and outs and of course, we have some uh, long-term serving ones, you know, that will stay to continue to mentor the younger ones. And we always try to create, we, we make it a very positive culture. They always, some, some of the leaders, um, they make fun of me blatantly during rehearsals <laughs> or they joke, you know, that kind of thing. I, I'm okay with that. Right. You know, because I think it relaxes the atmosphere and everything. Mm. Yeah. So they always... They, yeah, they're always so the the juniors kind of oh they get it, you know, they they, they, they know right. that this they, is not a not school band, situation. Right. <laughs> Correct. Not school yeah. band. Yeah. But mm-hmm. well, you cannot say anything <laughs> rude. Right. Yeah, the yeah. kind of thing. But mm. I mean we uh, we treat each other like peers, in few youth and mm. um, regardless of age. And I think that's the and we, we try to promote uh, positive music making uh, as mm-hmm. the main as the main uh, source of uh, motivation, why we should spend our Sunday afternoons together. <laughs> <laughs> it's a torturous time. It's a, I mean, okay, there's never a good time on, on the weekends. La, right. I mean, yeah. You have to rush from your Sunday lunch with after church or after mm. family, and then, or you have to rush back for family dinner and that kind of thing. Yeah, It's a in between, it's a very inconvenient time. Mm. And this. This further reinforces why we should make every minute they, they spend in our rehearsals worthwhile. Yep. If I don't study my scores, if I don't know what I'm doing for that rehearsal, you mm. can tell. Yeah. And these are all good musicians. You are as in a way you are you are as naked as can be on the podium. Right. Everyone assesses you from the minute you stand up there. <laughs> Right. Yeah. we are constantly being assessed when mm. it's no joke right. you know. especially in front of uh, good musicians they know what you're doing they know if you know your stuff mm. they also know if you don't know your stuff right, right, <laughs> within yeah. 5 minutes they can tell Yeah. so we cannot mm. hide there's so much work we have to do before stepping onto that podium right. Absolutely. then with ACSO this was actually um, in 2015 where, I, where it was the SG50 year mm. SG50 year I started this project called Singapore Sounds or rather I bid it for a project I bid it for a grant to do a mm. Singapore SG50 project and I called it Singapore Sounds. And that was when I first experimented on traditional orchestra. I mean I was mm. doing my masters doing at YST then. And it was my kind of my final year project as well. So I, I killed many birds with one stone. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So I did my I I just put together a Western Orchestra and and I was imagining I don't know what it would sound like. I have no idea what it would be but mm. different kinds of ethnic instruments in lah. Just throw it in la. Okay. <laughs> and I don't know what'll come out lah. <laughs> right, right. And so I tried to, and because Singapore is like that, you know, we're a very Western, Western society, mm. but we still, we still have, we still uphold our respective Asian values very strongly.
0: Yeah, and ethnic you know, cultures and things like that. And
1: ethnic cultures. We run yeah. our Western society very asian like in that sense, you know. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, so I, I was just thinking, hey, what if we do this? You know, we create a different kind of sound. Mm. We different. We, we a very familiar, but yet in a Western setting, you know, the kind of thing. Like you hear a teat coming out of a Western orchestra, you hear a, a sitar sound that's very familiar to you. It's it's nothing unfamiliar. It's mm. all very familiar sounds, but in a in a different setting, right? Uh, and and. And this was exactly another avenue where I could use to promote Asian composers as well because that's what ACSO sets out to do. The Asian Cultural Symphony Orchestra sets out to do is to only perform Asian works Mm. because every other orchestra in Singapore, they're just doing Western works, classical, baroque, whatever, and the Mm. malas and and stuff like that, which is all great, which is definitely all great. Mm. But I think we need a platform also a radio station also (laughs) for (laughs) Singaporean composers and also Asian composers because Mm. I think there is so much good stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much good stuff as well Mm. down here and if we can't find good stuff then we make good stuff. Mm. Yeah. You can work with different composers. We can also, we also use it as an opportunity to transcribe uh, CO, Chinese Orchestra Music for Western Orchestra. Mm. yeah so that's yeah. That which doesn't happen to... that
0: often Correct. right yeah but it's, it's usually the other way yeah. but I, I think this also um, th- th- there's something about uh, traditional classical western music that perhaps are not so open to to things like that mm. you know in, in a traditional sense right Correct. and and having this opportunity to kind of break this mold that uh, there are other possibilities because Correct. the Chinese orchestra absolutely have no problem. Yeah. Right. They can also reject the Western works, but they have Correct. no problem programming it into uh, their, their programs. But it Correct. seems to not go the other way. So Correct. having this is quite interesting, I thought. Yeah. Like, this will not happen in Europe. This will not happen in,
1: in America. Yeah. Yeah. You will mm. kill them. <laughs> 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 but I think yeah. in Singapore, we are, we, we, we can accept it because yeah. we know that deep inside, it's our Asian roots, mm. you know, and that, and, and we need something like this to, we need something like this, a platform for people to try it out and to hear that, eh, hey, actually quite nicely. Yeah. And, and it kind of got infectious now. Mm. Because after you do, I mean, the first one was, the, the, our first concert was the Huang He and the Butterfly Lovers. So, that one, no issue lah. That one, you know, it's already written like that. And it's very, very Asian, very what, nobody had issues with it. It yeah. was the subsequent concerts that, that, increased uh our love for this you know all the musicians there you know we come together and although they some professionals also sometimes you know they they, they said they're used to playing all that west that the usual rap but they come here eh, very refreshing eh? <laughs> mm. and that's yeah. why they keep coming back because every time they come they 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 they, they experience they, they get new experiences mm. yeah Yeah. And with my groups, so same thing, I run my rehearsals in a in a I have to run my rehearsals in a very structured way. And so that they also and minimize the number of rehearsals. Mm. So we so that every rehearsal they they know that they should not try to miss because if they miss it's it's like maybe ten percent, twenty percent of the rehearsal all the rehearsal time you get.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, Mm. so
1: and so everyone runs together a lot. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. It, it's a good idea to have a project that's like that. It's mainly to add to the di-
1: diversification of uh programs in Singapore as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. No one else is
1: doing it. It's just filling a hole.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, also doing it in a way that is unapologetic, right? Mm. It, what, what you don't want is to go into this like the, sort of like dip your toes into it, but don't fully commit to it. That that sort of like, or one piece out of the core concert. Like yeah, yeah. Like you, you, you feel like there's a there's a need to um, program something into so that people will like KPI. it or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> just to check off your KPI. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But to just go like this is what we represent. This is what we Correct. are. This is Correct. who we are, and this is what we're gonna do.
1: Correct. So, it's a different angle and then you, are, you you have to stay committed to the angle
0: as well. Mm, exactly. And uh, which means that whatever the group represents needs to be really, really strong so mm. that you don't feel like you want to kind of yeah. back out away. From exactly. It, right? So, I yeah. mean,
1: with this project with me is Dedrick as well. So Dedrick is a, it's a Chinese orchestra person. Mm. And so I think coming... The two of us working together has has created um many ideas as well. I mean, with the strong team as well, yeah. Uh, that we happened, we are very lucky to work with Edmund and and etc. and Chin Hong, mm. you know all of them. Mm. Um, and and the good thing is because we come from very different backgrounds, so right. we we bring different things, different ideas, and we see how we can cook this dish together as well. Yeah. Mm. So so far we've been um all our public concerts we. We, we will both do half a half a program, you know, mm. and
0: we offer different things uh, to right. the audience as well. Mm. Yeah. Cool. And uh, now let's talk about you having the need to reject gigs, right? So you, you definitely, I think, reach a, a point in your life that sometimes you have to say no to certain things mm. simply because time doesn't allow or, mm. you know, your plate is so full or have you not uh, had to do this in your career. I
1: guess just be I'm I, I'm always uh in terms of gigs, I mean teaching or whatever, I'll try to do it. I mean and uh if if I can't do it at a certain period, if so it's always about negotiation. Mm. Yeah. If you can't do it, you just can't do it long, then you just have to be truthful and say why you can't do it. Hopefully you can work the next time or yeah or can we rearrange this, you know, that kind of thing. I guess it's it's just about fitting it to your calendar and things like that. I mean the thing about freelancers is that we have to we are always planning ahead also. So mm. meeting people, collaborating with people is is part of our entire portfolio, business things, you know. So mm. when we when we create like Every time we meet somebody, it's always, uh, it's always, it's always a uh, potential to walk through further doors. Mm. And I wouldn't say it's, I wouldn't say even if I reject a gig, it's not, it's not, it's either because I don't like to do it or if I want to do it, I will try to make time for it. La. Right. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. I try to see
0: whether I can shift things around. Mm-hmm. It's all about time management. Okay. okay. Right. Now, uh, very last thing before I let you go. One tip that you can give to someone who wants to get started on their freelancing journey. I think
1: I just said this yesterday, but was it the day before? Um, although you're a freelancer, um, you shouldn't be too free. Uh?
0: Absolutely.
1: <laughs> you shouldn't be too free. Yeah, Just keep finding things to do. Mm. Just keep finding things to do even yep. if it's i think when we even if it's just about being going for rehearsals watching other people you know i mean depending on what you want to do like i mean mm. even if it's just watching people do or volunteering yourself for projects you know mm. uh, letting people know i think people know what you can do you know it's is very important um being around making yourself visible is very important Mm, absolutely. Because if you are too free, uh, especially when you are too young, uh, when you are young, uh, <laughs> yeah. then yeah, find something to do. Just just keep doing something.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I say, I think uh, apart from having uh, a calendar that is uh, relatively full, mm. the the freelancer part also applies to how you kind of structure your everyday life. Yes. Right. Uh, we cannot live too haphazardly as well. Just because we're a freelancer and we mm-hmm. perhaps work in a, a bracket of time doesn't mean that we stop thinking about our work or we don't do yeah. things that are related to grow our work in our Correct. free time, right? Correct. We have this tendency to think that, oh, this is our working hours. I'm only paid for this hour. The rest of the time, I can just watch Netflix and, no, and no. you know. Yeah. yeah, so there's a...
1: If you think about it, the typical the typical employee, you know, they work at least eight hours. Yeah. in the job after mm. that they go home they may still have to do a bit yeah. if you're talking about a teacher that's even worse they mark <laughs> all the way to the night you know that kind of yes. thing mm. so a typical employee would mm. work at least minimally 10 hours a day mm. so if we are not doing something for 10 hours a day I mean it's just me la. yeah I I feel maybe also I I, I know I'm a worker colleague
0: Right. Yeah.
1: I, I I'm definitely I feel
0: bad if I don't do things. <laughs> yeah. And and then it in return, if this is your current sort of living situation, it's mm. also uh, you, you can't complain that there are nothing happening in your life. Correct. Right? When you have huge correct. pockets of time to do something and mm. then you're just not doing much, then mm. you can't really complain about oh, I don't have enough work, I, I don't mm. have this, I don't have that, right? Yeah, so you correct. have to take charge of everything. Yes. Yeah. Great. So I think this is a, a good time for us to wrap this conversation up. <laughs> and thank you so yeah. much for it's this so long. chat, Adrian. Yeah, uh, it's good talking yeah. to you. Yeah. And likewise, and I, I like I said to you, uh, I'm wondering to myself why this chat didn't happen a little bit earlier. And thank you for the work that you do, uh, bringing no together more. communities being a leader, working in an organization that provides a voice to freelancers mm-hmm. and our community, I think truly remarkable work. Thank you for no, everything no, no. that you're
1: doing. It's it's everyone.
0: It's everyone. Yeah. It's a collaborative effort. So uh, once again, thank you for your time and thank, thank you for you. speaking with me. Yeah.
1: yeah, thanks a lot.
0: Yeah. So for all of you listening, thank you for staying with us throughout this episode, and most importantly, thank you for your attention. It is very much appreciated. And with that, we will sign off on this episode of You Play A What. You have been listening to You Play A What, hosted by Vincent Tan. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button so that you'll be notified when a new episode is posted. Rate and review the podcast and share it with your friends if you feel so inclined. The theme music for the podcast is entitled Midnight Affairs and is composed by Algirdas Matonis and recorded by Vincent Tan. Thank you so much for listening to You Play Awards. Until next time.